Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. Uh, pretty pretty good East Coast road trip for the Dodgers. It wasn't bad. Uh, they, like the things, it, I don't, I'm trying to remember the, the context for, well, we recorded Tuesday morning last week, right before they started. And it was like right the day after they made a bunch of like, they made a couple waiver claims. They, they put Kershaw and Danny Duffy on the 60 day. And it was like, oh, this week's going to be interesting. And then it got, it was interesting, but like, it could have been a lot worse. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they managed to win despite a lot of stuff, uh, which happened after we started recording. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, we got a, a pretty good road trip to talk about. going to break down those details, uh, kind of catch up on news, Dodgers rewind, corrections with Craig. Y'all know the drill. We'll build <laughs> and we'll be back after this. I can't talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. My outro there was almost a uh, nothing impossible I go wrong there. It was a good <laughs> week and can't handle it. Anyways, tell, talk to me about uh, talk to me about the last week. Dodger yeah, land. So, um, I, so we, we knew about the, the sort of injuries we already knew about last week. We knew... They <laughs> we were had our in, known knowns. We they they were out of off days in that they were, um, we they were going to have to fill in the fifth starter with a, a bullpen games slash Mitch White. It was Mitch White. Um, but then after we recorded, uh, well, we also knew Justin Turner was going to miss a little bit. He ended up missing um, four full games, and then if you count like most of Sunday and then most of Saturday. He basically missed six games. He had two plate appearances total, um, and with a groin thing. But he came back. He he avoided the injured list. Mookie Betts did not. Uh, back on the injured list, flew flew with the team to, to Philadelphia. Uh, was not um, cleared to play, and then flew back to LA to get tested. He got diagnosed with bone spurs in his hip. You know, it's it, we've they've talked about like it's something he's has to deal with all year. But it seems like it's not getting any better. Um, not sure exactly when he's going to be ready to play. Or, um, but like this seems like something that's just going to be a thing the rest of the year. And then would imagine like after the season, nobody's saying it now, but this is one of those things where two days after the season, be like, hey, Mookie Betts had surgery to repair yep. uh, this in his hip today. Um, but yeah, so that's that was a bummer. Uh, we talked about it, you know, so many times. Like there's no such thing as full strength. So just when the just when the Dodgers, uh, like, hey, they had one game last weekend where, like, the whole the whole shebang was together and, uh, you know, it looked pretty good. Um, but they were sort of fighting that again uh, this last week. Like, 
uh, I believe, so we're recording this on a Monday, um, uh, Billy McKinney has started 14 of 21 games since joining the Dodgers, and he's, uh, with, with Mookie Betts out and most of the other players, and with Turner out, like, needing to sort of fill in on the infield, um, the Dodgers need a, a defensive outfielder, basically. Um, so Billy McKinney keeps playing, and I get questions like every day about the lineup, like why is Billy McKinney playing? Um, so yeah, that it was that that sort of week there, but that that's on the offensive side. Um, on the pitching side, they're already down to to four starters, and then they used Mitch White, um, and then Julio Urias got hit by a pitch uh, in the in his left calf. Uh, stayed in the game for a little bit. And then uh, was out and then went on the injured list the next day. So this week is going to be another fill-in week. Uh, David Price is right now the third starter um, on the Dodgers, so that's where they're at. But to, to get there, they actually did um, you know, pretty well, 5-1 uh, and one for the week. Um, they also had, um, you know, the, the bullpen is just by nature taxed given the like the back end of the rotation, but also they had two rain delays in Philadelphia. It shortened a Max Scherzer start, which was like scoreless, awesome pitchers duel with Aaron Nola in the fourth inning. And then that was a two hour delay. So both starters were gone. Then the delay the next night, you had a bunch of relievers. So the relievers almost threw as many innings as the starters. Um, I looked at the, uh, Oh yeah. So like all those innings, like Connor green was a new guy last week. Um, uh, Alex Vesia, we'll, we'll get into the some of the guys. They, they had something like, I think it was 19 out of 54 innings were pitched by rookies, <laughs> and, and like, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, and I have to look, I think maybe none of them were on the roster on opening day. So like, it's been a, it's been a wild fill-in year. Uh, so lots of like, on-field slash injury bad news. There was more like, um, there's no, there's never like a pleasant way to like, transition into this i just want to mention this because it's still sort of developing but um more news uh over the weekend came out about trevor bauer who is currently on administrative leave uh with major league baseball it's been that way since july 2nd um based on um a pair of incidents in california uh the washington post over the weekend reported that a woman in ohio in 2020, uh, had a temporary restraining order, restraining order against Bauer. Um, Bauer, uh, he has been like silent. His attorneys have released statements here and there. They've released uh, unredacted medical records. They've released, um, you know, various statements and and text messages and basically attacking the. Um, the accuser uh, in these cases. Um, and they had statements about the Washington Post report. Bauer broke his silence too, and I, uh, I, that was kind of a weird thing. He tweeted a couple things about it, and not really going to get into that here. Just mentioning that's where it's at. The disturbing part, or one of the disturbing, there's many disturbing parts about this, but from a team standpoint, um, the Dodgers declined comment uh, multiple times, uh, saying if they knew about the. Uh, Ohio restraining order before signing Bauer, which obviously would be a huge red flag if they did. Um, but yeah, they've been radio silent on like everything, not even a, um, just since the beginning, not even a, a boilerplate. Um, we condemn, you know, assault, domestic violence, anything like anything like that. It, right. That doesn't that doesn't even imply guilt. It's just say like we, we don't stand for this type of, type of behavior. Right, we, we understand that to, they're like yeah, that kind of the, thing. The, yeah. the the union somewhat restricts, well, maybe a little bit more than somewhat what they can do, but you can do right. something. Right, you can you can at least like set a standard or like uh, a base level of like um, humanity. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. But then the other issue with our uh, we're going to probably end up talking about this. I would imagine next week more. Because his uh, hearing on the restraining order in California began this morning. It's going to be ongoing for a few days. So I imagine stuff will come up about, up about that. Uh, MLB keeps like extending Bowers administratively like seven days at a time. So it's this really annoying um, sort of weekly news cycle where 
nothing's really happening. But this week, stuff could happen. I, I don't, you know, MLB has its own investigation. It, it doesn't need, uh, this isn't even a criminal procedure. It's just a restraining order. But it doesn't need, like, a conviction or, or any sort of criminal record to suspend players. And everyone who's been placed on administrative leave gets suspended. So I think it's just a matter of how long that's going to happen. Um and how long it's going to take. But maybe there's news next week. Maybe there's not. But we'll update you for sure. But that, that's just sort of where we're at um, on the Bauer situation. And then as far as, like, how the how the, how that affects the team, I mean, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind at this point, which is, you know, I don't know if there's what other way to say it. Um, the re- reporters in New York over the weekend um, – Dave Roberts had a scrum with the people on site there, and I think Bill Plunkett uh, tweeted this out, or he also had it in his article, where um, was asking about, like, what, what has the team talked about this? And Dave Roberts basically said, like, the team really hasn't had any discussions about it, or at least he said that, and, you know, as it revealing if they did. But um, basically that he's not, he's not uh, really a distraction because he's not on the radar, <laughs> basically, right now. I, so... That's sort of where that's at. Um, but, yeah, so I, like you said, we'll, we'll have more next week. But for now, uh, this week, we're going to, I think, focus on the Dodgers on the field. Um, and that, that's where we're probably going to go from here. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you uh, watch the games last week? I know uh, they sort of fit into your like schedule a little better because they weren't on the West Coast. They were on the East Coast, so even even better for you i think but yeah how, no, how did that work out there's this needle to thread for a game to be the perfect time like a a six o'clock pacific start would be like the perfect for me that's right when uh, my daughter goes down for for bed for the night but it's early enough that i'm not fighting what is now a very adult bedtime something that's extremely new to me not something i'm used to uh, yep. So the West Coast games, the the normal Dodgers seven ten ish start. Um, like I, I usually end up watching most of those, but then wake up really tired and regret that I did it, especially if they lost. Um, but so these games, uh, especially the ones over the weekend, definitely was able to watch. Uh, the Philly series was more almost while I was either finishing work or, um, in case of the afternoon game, or. Uh, uh, like working with dinner or handing with family, but they they were all in the background. So I actually watched all except for the ESPN game, and that's because I don't have ESPN. Oh, you are lucky. We'll get to <laughs> why uh, shortly. Uh, so you uh, most Saturday games when the, when like Fox doesn't have games, which I believe is the, the next few, like few weeks at least. Um, Saturday games at, at home, at least, are 6-10, so that should be right in your wheelhouse uh, this week. Uh, are some of these games home. on ABC? I'm, I'm now realizing this. Oh. I didn't even think of this yesterday, but... No, um, so they... I don't remember why. I think it was NFL-related, but two... Or last Sunday, mm. the 8th, the eighth, uh, White Sox-Cubs was on ABC. I believe it had to do with... Was that the Hall of Fame game? Honestly, I don't remember... I thought it was an NFL thing that was on. That was why they switched it. But then, um, then the Field of Dreams game was on AB or on. Um, oh wait, was that ABC two? No, that was Fox. That was Fox on Thursday. Okay. But yeah, so like two network games like that was was bizarre, strange. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, did get to see most of the games and was paying attention, you know, as best as I could to to yesterday's game. Now we talked about like all the sort of uh, all the the pitching that was used like the bull, the bullpen was used a lot everyone for the most part that pitched pitched re- pretty well like the the team allowed 14 total runs in six games so just over two a game like Scherzer and Bueller were pretty awesome um, <laughs> Scherzer last night on Sunday he allowed two runs in six innings but they the Dodgers played like about as bad defensive they've, they've had some bad defensive games this year that that was bad they, i think they only had one error but it was just like a constant stream of like misplays um like will smith like double clutch before like trying to get the lead runner at third he didn't get any outs there was 
Trey Turner dropping the ball on a sure double play. Um, then there was Corey Seager uh, having a ball up the middle with the runner on second. Had a chance to get two, one of two easy outs by either getting in the rundown with the guy between second and third or throwing to first base to get the pitcher. He tried for both and got neither. So, like, Scherzer, like, all, the first four innings was, like, dealing with extra, extra runners on base, somehow only allowed two. Uh, Dave Roberts didn't throw anyone particularly under the bus, but he did say Scherzer's line score said six innings, but he really pitched seven plus. And he said because our defense was terrible and, like, you know, they had actually been playing pretty good defense, like relatively, like the last month or so, and it was just a bad night. But uh, I, yeah, sure, I think sure one of the one of the nice things about when it's just a, the team is playing bad defense yeah. is the manager can kind of say that and not at risk for uh, singling someone out, it, like Sheldon Noisy, if he wasn't I was stretching. Gonna out. Say, yeah, <laughs> if we stretch, we win. The, the death knell of Sheldon Noisy for two thousand twenty-one. Um, uh, so um, among the highlights, and this has been sort of building for a while, uh, Phil Bickford, Alex Vesia, like just becoming leverage dudes now. Yep. Um, the, the just as we expected. Point, <laughs> so, so like the worst, right, exactly, right? The the worst thing, I, I've avoided this. You try to ask around it so they, because they, you know they're never going to answer specifically. It's a gamesmanship thing, like asking a manager Hey, so who's available tonight? You know, they're always going to say everybody because they want to have the other manager think that, you know, everyone's available. Like, you're not going to give away everything. But literally, Saturday night uh, against the Mets, <laughs> Roberts is like, uh, Kenley's down, Trinan, Gratterall, Justin Brule, all down tonight. <laughs> it was just like, it was so obvious. Like, Kenley, back to back, two innings the night before, Trinan was three out of four. Um, I believe Brule was four out of five, or, or I guess, no, three out of four. Um, and then um, I forgot oh, who, oh, Gratterall was like back to back and three out of four or something. It was, it was brutal. And like all, all those were out. So they had five relievers active, but it was like two of them were Edwin Uceta and Connor Green. So it was really three, three relievers. One, Corey Knable, who just came back after missing 92 games. And then Bickford and Vessia. And so that was the night where Scherzer was really, I mean, um, Bueller was really good. Um, and they, you know, that game was what, one to uh, one to one late because um, uh, Taiwan Walker had a no hitter going into the seventh and the Dodgers tied it, but like, of course, on the night where like Bueller saves the bullpen by going seven, it goes extra innings because that's just how it happens. But Bickford got four outs, or Vessia was first. He got four outs, all four batters he faced, including striking out Pete Alonso, which was pretty great. He did a little hop on the mound. Phil Bickford struck out two, retired all four batters he faced, and then uh, he has bad splits against lefties, so they brought in another righty, Corey Knable, to get the final out of the game. It was like this weird thing where like uh, like everything Dave Roberts was touching at the, on that night was like turning to gold. Uh, he brought in that so just that was Justin Turner's first game since last Sunday. He pinch hit in the top of the tenth before the game. Dave Roberts said he wasn't available to run. Had he gone on base, they would have pinch ran for him. Instead, they deemed him healthy enough to play third base in the bottom of the inning. But he only played for two outs because then they, when they brought in Knable, they double-switched him out. They brought in Albert Pujols to play first. I think Muncy went to third. And um, the the final batter hit a ground ball like right to Pujols. <laughs> first, it's like, okay, you you basically planned this out. This is everything. You're, you're, you hit jackpot uh, at the slot machine. Um, so, yeah, it, they've been using a lot. The, the hitters, like Cody Bellinger, you know, obviously was slumping terribly. Five extra base hits in the last week, including a pair of homers. Uh, Will Smith hit a home run in all three games in New York against the Mets. Uh, you mentioned watching the games. I'm sure you've seen the Trey Turner slide at this point. The, I have. The, the infamous slide. The, how is that infamous. possible? Famous. Yeah, famous. okay. Yeah. All right. Super you know famous. I, I, I miss Super slick. 
I, I don't understand how that type of gracefulness is possible. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, I, I watched that 40 times. Is that low? I don't know. Um, but that was all part of the, the week. So the Dodgers were not only 5-1 and one, uh, against the Phillies and the Mets. Um, they won two extra inning games. Uh, they had lost 11 in a row. At that point, uh, in extra innings, they had uh, gotten to a point where they gave up a, the pitching staff, gave up a run in 15 consecutive extra innings. Uh, that ended on Saturday, the second extra inning win, when they, they only scored one in the 10th. Uh, it was a Bellinger double, and then they did not give up a run in the bottom of the inning, so it was one. So, you know, they got – their record on in one-run games is terrible. I think it's 15-21 and 21 now. Um, but they're an overall like good team. Like you wonder, you know, you figure it would even out uh, eventually. Like, but they also, like last week, they won. They were two and one in one run games, and then they 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 won three games by at least five runs each. So, I think they're still a very good team. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's they're despite the five and one week, they they started they ended the week at four games back of the Giants the same way they started it. Uh, so it's an issue, uh, but it's, I think you just keep winning and it'll all sort of figure it out from there. But yeah, that, that's sort of where they're at. But yeah, you mentioned, uh, you did not, uh, watch the ESPN Sunday night broadcast. Uh, I did, and it was rough. Um, <laughs> just want to preface this, um, saying that covering the national game is always going to be hard. Uh, it's like impossible, because you can't know all 30 teams legitimately. So just by definition, that's going to be an issue. But I think at, at a certain level, you have to sound like you care, right? Like, and I, th- That's an issue, I think, for the ESPN broadcast with both Matt Veskersian and A-Rod. It's just such cliche-driven nonsense most of the time. And just like half-assery in terms of knowing the teams, even in like major uh, moments. Uh a-Rod, I thought this was hilarious. Like, multiple times he brought up how the how low the Mets were, like, in sacrifice flies, as if it was some, like, determinant of, like, a winning team. There was a point uh, later in the game where Billy McKinney, who he tripled, I believe that was his first extra base hit since his first game with the Dodgers. And then Max Scherzer, who doesn't have a hit this season, uh, hit a ball to the outfield for a sacrifice fly. And A-Rod's like, I forgot the exact line, but he was like, the Mets are at the bottom of the NL and sacrifice flies, and they haven't had a triple in nine weeks. The Dodgers just had both in the last two batters. It's like, well, there's the difference between these two teams. Like, <laughs> it was just so bizarre. Like, um, they they spent like a half inning talking about who to li- who would how to line up the Dodgers uh, postseason rotation, and both like Vasquez and Arod had. Um, Oh, no. So, Vaskersian had Kershaw in game one. Like, what are you watching, man? Like, uh, A-Rod went Scherzer, Kershaw, Bueller because he wanted to go right, left, right, left. And, like, in no – there's no way that's ever happened. Like, it's – it's. I don't know. I, I will just throw this out to you. My answer to this is very clearly Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw, uh, one, two, three – I would entertain the thought that Scherzer might go game one because it's Max Scherzer. Um, but, like, it seems so obvious to me, and they were just oblivious to the fact. Like, they kept talking about experience as if, like, Walker Bueller's not the most, like, accomplished postseason pitcher the last, like, three years. <laughs> uh, so it was just very weird. I, do, do you have a – do you uh, just on off your gut, like, what, what would, what's your Dodgers uh, rotation order for the playoffs? Well, I saw like, assume, assuming they could – you know, uh, set it up like they want to. Well, I, and I saw you and the uh, Plunkett talking on Twitter about this. I think the wild card game sure. was largely in this answer. Um, right. Specifically so let, because let's I think assume for, they know. win the division. You want me to assume they win the division? Yes. Yeah. All right. And let, let, let's just say they ha- they win the division, have enough time to set the rotation the way they want. Okay. Um I, I feel like it's got to be your order if that was the case. Uh, 
yeah yeah assuming uh, yeah (laughs) i have a hard time like i think the more interesting problem is either with the wild card or they need to throw their best guys up until the end of the season and then things get really interesting to see how they handle that um but i feel like they've given uh, bueller has the postseason excellence the previously has been picked as the guy to lead those things off if all things you know, or equal, he started game 163. Um, and then I, you could, you, <laughs> as nuts, as, as, as silly as it sounds, uh, A-Rod's uh, rotation wouldn't sh- uh, shock me if that's what they ended up doing, especially if they thought, like, Kershaw was coming back super fresh, but that even it would it would not shock me but it would surprise me um and it's also not what i would go with i i like your order in in that situation yeah uh i think the the other the obviously the if they go to the wild card then it's again and and it's who's available because you might have to actually they're in a pretty good spot like if they're in the wild card I, i would imagine they will have clinched the wild card with enough time even if they're out of the division. Yeah, I think the so, interesting thing is if they're a game back um, from the division going into uh, the last series of the years. That that's where things get re- like. Do you just yeah. punt? Do you do you go for it all? Like it also depends obviously well, where the arms already are. But if you're in a position so, to try and win those games, do you try hard or not? So I think what happens there is. So the the wild card, it, so the season ends on a Sunday. The wild card is Tuesday, Wednesday. We don't know which which one is first this year. And then the the, the wild card league that's Tuesday starts the division series Thursday. The other one is Friday. So you're either looking at wild card Tuesday, uh, division series Thursday, Friday, or wild card Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So unless I think you have, yeah, it's an interesting situation there. Like, let's say Bueller hasn't pitched and he's, you know, going into the final weekend. Do you, do you hold him for Tuesday's wild card um, and then go like Scherzer Friday, Kershaw Saturday? Let's say they have Tuesday wild card, right? Mm-hmm. You, you go Kershaw. Uh, or Scherzer Friday, Kershaw Saturday, and then like if it's if it's tied Sunday, I could see a situation where they go Bueller Sunday to mm. try to win the division, or and if they're maybe a game back, you don't pitch Bueller. Maybe it's Urias, and then then it's if you lose, it's wild card Bueller, and then Scherzer Kershaw regular rest, that kind of a thing. What's uh, so? Yeah, I'll really uh, yep. team entropy this. What happens if they're tied for the division at the end? It's game one sixty three on Monday. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then the, the loser gets card. the wild card guy. Yeah, and so <laughs> and that's that's and that's such a weird thing because there's the a very real possibility that those are the uh, right like right now literally the Dodgers and Giants have the two best records in baseball. So. Uh, what if they're what if they're tied for the best record in baseball? <laughs> they they, have to play they, game they both have to play an extra game, and then the loser has to play an extra extra game. And then the, I guess the, the 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 fallback of that is that they'd be if if the loser of that game wins the wild card, they just play the that team the winner of that game again. So yeah. <laughs> they're they're all, they're not quite in the same boat, but it kind of you know it's it kind of there's at least a. A cost for both teams, but it's it's bizarre. Um, yeah, uh, I I'm I haven't fully embraced team entropy yet, just because I, I on one level I kind of want to rest, but those games are so great if if there's like you know one I, or I, one or two games on a Monday like the day as after I the think season, probably so with a lot of fans I am ten team entropy on everything not involving my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, I do um, not want to have to sweat through. A bunch of one games uh, <laughs> with with you know 
getting knocked yeah, out just, being on the line. Just sitting through the wild card or watching it, it as an uninterested party or as the party looking to see who the Dodgers are playing, that's one thing. But like That gets especially weird I, because you end up yeah. rooting for like the 20 inning, use all your pitchers. <laughs> sure, yeah. But yeah. that, but that ends up being great because you you are like swapping what team you're rooting for depending on the score. You just want the tie. That's all you're looking for. Uh, like you don't have to convince me to root for a tie. So yeah, I, I'm aware. Um, okay, so back to baseball for a moment. Uh, last night we're recording this on Monday. Max Muncie homered twice. Uh, two of the Dodgers' five home runs on Sunday against the Mets. Um, who was the last Dodger before Muncie to homer twice in a game at City Field? <sighs> I'm going <laughs> to poorly guess uh, right after this. Who was the last Dodger to homer twice at City Field uh, against the Mets? I don't know. I don't remember this. Uh, I'm going to get. You want, you want the year? <sighs> yes. 2018. All right. Um, was it Max Muncy? <laughs> No. Oh man, that was, uh, that, that's in, that's in your wheel. Not maybe not wheelhouse, yeah. but that's in yeah. your you're capable of asking me a question like that. I will tell you uh, the one, the instance before um, 2018 was the ass in the jackpot game um, <laughs> with uh, Chase Utley homered twice. Uh, Chase was gonna that, be was in my yeah. my guest list before I asked for the year. So yeah, not, I believe, not because uh, I specifically remembered he homered twice. But because I remember how good against the the Mets he historically had been, I think at the time it was one of my most popular tweets. I think uh, I think I tweeted Chase Utley is a human middle finger, <laughs> and, and like and everyone was like into that game. So like you got like a thousand retweets, and that never happened. So it was like, oh, all right. Uh, stalling, stalling, stalling. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um. I, I'll, I'm going to throw out one more guess and then uh, re- retire. Retire and just be told how silly I am. Uh, Justin Turner. Uh, no. Although, oh, did you see? Oh, you didn't watch ESPN at some point last night. <laughs> so Justin Turner hit one of the five home runs. He yep. homered. Uh, I think later in the game, uh, ESPN put up a graphic. Uh, since, the, since the Mets um, um, uh, non-tendered him at the end of 2013, uh, Justin Turner has, I think it was 338 extra base hits at that point, and they put up a list of like the Mets leaders since then, and it went like Michael Conforto had like 200 and something, <laughs> and it was just like just a brutal graphic. Like it was, it was pretty funny. Um, okay, so you don't, you, that's yeah, your, that's your final. I just be literally so, going through the roster and naming names. You, you actually had two chances to get this right. I would have given it to you because. Both Kike Hernandez and Cody Bellinger uh, homered twice on June twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. Technically, Bellinger was the last to homer twice because his <laughs> second home run was in the eighth inning, and Kike's was in the sixth. So, and they needed all of it because that was an eight seven game. So, it is, uh, yeah, wild, wild times. It's strange how uh, how bad the memory goes. I, I peeked ahead at the trivia question coming up a little later, and. Boy, am I sad <laughs> that I don't know anything because yeah. it's a fairly fairly recent event. So, speaking of which, it's related ah. to the Dodgers rewind that we get to hear all about. That's right. Speaking of Kike Hernandez, uh, today, it, but this isn't even how I got to the Dodgers rewind. It was this was I will peek behind the curtain here. Uh, this was a scramble putting the <laughs> notes together this morning. I was I had. Uh, Doctor's appointment and running errands this morning and did not have time to write full notes. So uh, Chris Hatcher is our Dodgers Rewind. Uh, the Dodgers, I think, I don't think the move is still official yet, but um, it was reported. Zach, uh, um, uh, Ken Rosenthal, I believe, reported that the Dodgers were going to claim pitcher Evan Phillips off waivers. He was designated for assignment the other day. His only appearance with the Rays this season in the majors was a three-inning save over the weekend, which automatically makes him my favorite Dodger. <laughs> so the Dodgers still have no three-inning saves this year. It's to their detriment. They're still not in first. I think we can see a clear correlation. Um, so uh, Evan Phillips <laughs> pitched at UNC Wil- Wilmington. Um, the only other player from UNC Wilmington to play in the majors wa- uh, to play for the Dodgers uh, was Chris Hatcher. Uh, Seth Frankoff also uh, is from that school and was in the Dodgers minors for a little bit, but he, he's pitched in the majors for three teams in, in recent years, most recently with the Diamondbacks this year. 
but he didn't pitch in the majors with the Dodgers. Now, Hatcher was part of the D. Gordon trade uh, to the Marlins in, at the 2014 Winter Meetings only a few days after Farhan Zaidi uh, said D. Gordon is our second baseman. In, in fairness, he the way he, it was the way the question was asked, he was going to answer it relatively that way, and he was technically right because that day he was their second <laughs> baseman. It just anyway. Um, so the Dodgers uh, in that deal got Kiki Hernandez. They got Austin Barnes. They got Andrew Heaney, who they immediately turned around, uh, turned into Howie Kendrick, and they got Chris Hatcher. Um, that's a wild return, man. That's a that's a haul. That's a pretty darn good haul. Um, Hatcher uh, in 2015, his first year with the Dodgers, pretty good. Uh, he was a big like um, peripherals guy. It seemed like his um, prime to sort of be a breakout guy. It just really never happened. His first year was pretty good though. Uh, 339 FIP. He had four saves. Uh, his second year was really bad. 550 ERA. Uh, he had an oblique injury that wiped out like the last like 62 games of the season. It got to the point where by like late 2016 and then 2017, every team has like a specific reliever uh, the fans hate, like just irrationally. Pedro Baez was that for like many years. He went through ups and downs where fans actually liked him after a time, but man, like they hated him a lot. But like Chris Hatcher was just the whipping boy for a long time. And he struggled mightily again in 2017, 466 ERA, 428 FIP. He was traded in August to the A's for international bonus slot money. <laughs> the Do- I, I almost made this the trivia question. The Dodgers needed a 40-man spot for Rob Segedin coming off the 60-day injured lists, but uh, I, that was too obscure even for me. Um, so uh, Hatcher overall, he pitched eight years in the big leagues, um, 465 ERA, 86 ERA plus. That was the same as his numbers with the Dodgers. Um 260, 266 strikeouts in 265 and the third innings. Um, I have a Chris Hatcher-related trivia for you now. Uh, so I mentioned the four players the Dodgers got from the Marlins in that winter meetings trade of 2014. Who were the other two players the Marlins got besides D. Gordon? I don't know. It makes me sick because this is, this is like prime wheelhouse. I'm refreshing Twitter and the, the Googles. I'll... I'll I'll give you two hints. The first one is... Oh, one wait, is no, still, I know it. Oh, I know it. All right. Paul right. Duca, Guillermo Moda. <laughs> and, and, I'm just, like, I'm, blurring my it. eyes so that one looks like a, a zero. What, didn't, uh, what was the way Charlie Steiner... Was it Encarnacion uh, with, yeah. with Edwin? Or, yeah. Not Edwin, but uh, Juan. <laughs> Something uh, like that. So, uh, do you want a real hint? Sure. One of them is still active on the Marlins. That doesn't help. <laughs> uh, ye, uh, nope. Uh, tapping out. I'm. I'm in. I'm in dum dum. I don't remember one, anything. One's an infielder. One's a pitcher. You're not helping. The pitcher never has never eaten fish. Nope. You're doing this again. Uh, You've given me the same exact hint, and I continued. <laughs> I continue to forget who this anecdote the, is associated the, with. The, the pitcher was Dan Heron. They paid his entire salary. The Dodgers yep. did. And I actually remember this because you're going to give me this hint every single time it's Dan Heron. <laughs> the, the infielder was, uh, um, I almost said Juan Encarnacion, <laughs> uh, Miguel Rojas. Okay. Yep. There you go. I, uh, you know, it was like... That was that, along with a few of the other really early trades for the the Friedman front office, were just so. Some of the names just going okay, sure, and like you focused on the in this case, um, Strange Gordon and the the Dodgers return. So there's only one thing in the world that can cheer me up after such an embarrassing lack of knowledge on Dodger trades. You know what it is. I have an idea. It's time for with Dean's Craig. We love it. Five questions from Craig, uh, the uh, newly joined, rejoined to the staff, Craig Minami of oh, Triple Old LA. friend and current friend uh, from a site standpoint. Yeah, uh, we added um, three new writers uh, to the staff at True Blue LA, or, uh, or technically earlier Monday. Um, Samantha Carlton, Steve Dittmore, and Jex Musa are 
uh, th- th- our three newest writers. We also welcome back, uh, welcomed back uh, four other people. Uh, Craig Manami is one of them, uh, who has obviously written for the site forever, um, been associated with uh, the site for a long time. Commenters has the questions from Craig segment. He's going to write a little bit for us too now, like he did before. Um, David Hood is going to write about prospects again. Occasionally, uh, Stacy Wheeler, also who writes at Dodgers Digest, is going to occasionally write for us too. And then Lindsay Adams is back with us, uh, helping out with uh, social media during games. So, yeah, we, we got a little bit of a crew now. Um, it's, it's looking not it's not looking too bad. So, pretty happy about that. Speaking of questions for Craig, it's time for oh. <laughs> Let's just do this. We should just do the theme song nonstop. All right, <laughs> trivia for you. Hit by pitches are the topic of this week's trivia questions for Eric. Oh, no. Yeah. Justin Turner is the Dodger franchise leader in hit-by-pitches. True or false? That's not, that's not the question. Yeah, that's he currently true, yeah. has 88 as a Dodger. Can Eric name the other four players, two from Brooklyn and two from L.A., who have more than 50 hit-by-pitches as a Dodger? Uh, so Jackie Robinson uh, is one. That's correct. Number three on this list with 72. Yeah, and um, dang it. I, I always forget there's a dude who played in the very early 20th century who I believe is number two. Um, <laughs> you are and, correct. And I just, and I, I, I'm, I'll come back to his name if I can think about it. But um, L.A. Dodger, let's go with, um, let's go with long term here and say Bill Russell. Uh, incorrect. Um, Davey Lopes. Incorrect. I will let you know. Uh, yeah. These are primarily aughts players. I shouldn't like aughts or later. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Ethier is number four on the list with fifty-eight. The other player debuted in ninety-eight. I want to make sure that you don't get too tripped up on my aughts hint. Mm. Mm. Debuted with the Dodgers in ninety-eight. Uh, correct. Going to double check mm. that my memory is correct. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. By uh, far has the least amount of plate appearances among this top top five. Sheff- Sheffield? Nope. Um, 98. Um, oh, Beltre. Nope. No. He yeah, had a lot of plate appearances. Yeah. <laughs> um, who the hell debuted? It wasn't Kareem Garcia. I think he debuted in 97. Um, Infielder, uh, primarily. Uh, all right. Um... Mark Grizzlonic? Nope. Holy crap! Um, I, I'm just going to keep saying 98 to myself until it becomes <laughs> clear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, if he so, had, uh, I'm curious if he had known what was coming, if he would have uh, avoided these pitches. Oh, Alex Cora. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're um, missing the name. Yeah, and so I, I, I'm. My uh, advice to you will be the good. You got you got the era correct. Um, yeah. I'll, let's just tell you the good or the well. Oh, oh, wait! Is it Zach Wheat? It is Zach Wheat with seventy three. <laughs> Man, I forgot. About, I didn't realize. That. Also, not I, close. The most played appearances on this yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with nine thousand seven hundred thirty one played appearances and seventy three hit by pitches. Hmm. All right. Uh, Justin Turner has six seasons as a Dodger, including 2021, with 10 or more hit by pitches. Can Eric name the six other L.A. Dodgers who have had two seasons with 10 or more hit by pitch seasons? All oh, but two w- seasons? Come uh, on. <laughs> All but one of those six played in the wild card era, and two were teammates with Turner. I was mad because I, I didn't see the two seasons part, and I was going to talk about how Mike Kincaid is my favorite uh, <laughs> double digit hit by pitch season ever because he, he batted like 30 times it wasn't that bad but uh, yeah he was bad um, so um, hit by pitch 10 times um, let's go with a little bit of let's say Chris Taylor incorrect hmm um, <laughs> ten or more times played with Turner. Um, Yasiel Puig. That's one of them. Two thousand thirteen and two thousand fourteen. Okay. 
Um, Alex Cora, since we're doing uh, 2003, this. 2004. And then um, Andre Ethier. Uh, no. He did it the slow burn style, apparently. Nice. Um, what about who? Sean Green? Nope. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Russell Martin? Uh, no, although there is a catcher on here. Uh, Grandall? Nope. Famously traded in the 2014 trade. <laughs> in my head, at least. Oh, I was going to say 14. Um, <laughs> wow, Paula Duca. There, That's there you go. incredible. I, I don't have any of these others, okay. other people. Uh, Mark Grezelonic. Uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> he said it last time, but uh, Sweet Lou Johnson and uh, Jock Peterson. Nice. All right. The 2021 Dodgers have already set an LA franchise record with 85 hit by pitches this season. The 10 LA Dodger seasons to have 60 or more hit by pitches, and the earliest is in 2003. That's how many there are. The last trivia question for Eric is Can he name that season's leader after Jacob gives him the season? Oh, some like each year. Yeah, but some, but not all of these players were already answers to the first two questions. So I'll give you one strike on each year. Um, so you've got two right. chances. How about that? Okay. Twenty twenty one. With eighty five is for the the current team total. Yeah. Um, I think it's Turner. Uh, incorrect. One more guess. Uh, M- Matt Beatty. Will Smith with fourteen. Fourteen. Wow. <laughs> Uh, 2019, 81 hit by pitches for the team. All right. Um, Who's the leader? Is that Turner? There you go, with 14. 2003. Yeah. Uh, Mike Kincaid. There you go. You got you yeah. got your shot. <laughs> yeah. With 16. and uh, yeah. with, uh, He didn't need about like 150 Something like something. that. I'll see yeah. if I can bring it up. Uh, 72 is the team total. Um, 67 team total for the 2005 uh, team. I'll let you know there are two correct answers with a tie. Um, wow. Um, Cesar is tourist. Uh, incorrect. Uh, 191 um, plate appearances for Kincaid. Oscar Robles. Uh, incorrect. You could have said either Jeff Kent or Hesop Choi. Nice. 2017. 64 team hit by pitches. <sighs> Yasiel Puig. Nope. Go to the well. Turner. There you go. 2009. Yeah. 63 hit by pitches. Uh, Ethier. There you go. Eight. With 13. Yeah. 2004. Right. 2004. Um, wow. Name that has come up twice already. Uh, Is in previous the, uh, questions, not not yeah, this right. answer. Paul Laduca? Uh, nope. No. Um, oh yeah, he was traded. Uh, well, <laughs> that was in 2014, friend. It's right. Um, <laughs> 2004. Uh, um, hmm. Hmm. Zach Wheat. Yeah. Um, it's Alex Cora. 2018, 61 wow. team hit by pitches. You said 18? Yeah. Just do it. Say it. Turner? <laughs> yep. Yeah, 2014. <laughs> Very uh, well known t- for the year Paul Aduka was traded. <laughs> right. Keep doing uh, this. Th- was 2014 Puig? It was. Uh, 12. Yeah. 61 was the team total. And finally, 2015. Turner. Done. Nice. <laughs> you should have just said Turner. <laughs> 2003 Turner. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. The 2021 Dodgers have 19 different players with at least one home run. Trey Turner has uh, had hit 18 with Washington this season, so it does seem to reason he'll be on the list sooner rather than later. For the contest, and Jacob can go first. Thanks, Craig. Will the oh. Dodgers end <laughs> the season with 19, 20, or more, 21 or more players with at least one home run? 
Note that the only current position player on the active roster without a home run uh, as a Dodger are Trey Turner and Billy McKinney. Ugh. <laughs> um, well, so uh, they just released uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo, who mm-hmm. I believe, I don't think it's been official yet, but I think he's supposed to be signing with the Pirates, who they play. <laughs> Excuse me. So we could be seeing a revenge series uh, this week. But he, he would have been like a long shot, like if they need it, like if they ended up calling up a, a dude. I don't see them calling up other people, like who, uh, I guess, like Noisy's hit a home run. Rayleigh's hit a home run. I guess Rex could, but like that's a long shot for him even getting playing time. Um, wow. So Turner. Wait. So oh, one of the answers, it's clearly, Turner's going to hit one. Yeah. So, like, it's it's clearly 20. It's, so it's either 20 or 21 plus is the, is the question. I am going to go, well, and you also get the universe of pitchers, like if someone runs into one. Mm-hmm. I But I'm still going to go with 20 exactly. Wow. Craig allowed me to go first, and you're just steaming. Oh, I well, forgot. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm putting my faith my in Billy McKinney, and gonna we're going to... I thought you were going to say like Max Scherzer. Vengeance for you know I mean? all the people asking you why he's starting. He's going to hit a Daner, and I'm going. It's going to be yeah. 21 or more, and I'm going to enjoy my my win on that bet. Yeah, sorry, sorry for usurping. No, I, it's fine. It's fine. I, all I I was just giving you my thought process yeah. ahead of time. So, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go with 20, and then, and then since you said 21. As you may have already discussed, the Dodgers ended two streaks this past weekend, extra inning losses, and posting their first pitch scoreless extra inning in a long time. My question, do you think the Dodgers' performance in extra innings was just random, or do you think this Dodger team has an identical problem in close games? That's a great Uh, question. I've thought a lot about this, and I don't have have a firm answer. Yeah, so I've sort of gone back and forth on this too. I, I, I don't think it was random. But I do think it's something that'll that can probably even out over time for the most part. Now that said, it, it's always like um, it's it's almost always like uh, it goes hand in hand. Like bullpen struggling, offense is struggling, leads to more bullpen usage, and then the bullpen continues to struggle, <laughs> like that kind of a thing. So like it's never just one or the other. Um, the Dodgers generally have hit very well in, with runners in scoring position, and their numbers, like in the later innings, are generally fine. But they were just like played like crap as an offense in extra innings, and then also the pitching. A lot of that early on was injuries, but also because like Garrett Clevenger lost four extra inning games, Bickford and Vesia before they sort of became Bickford and Vesia. They each lost an extra inning game, but like Jansen lost two. I think Trinan lost two. So like it was a it was a like a group effort, right? Like it wasn't just just the rookies, but a lot of that happened where you'd have games where they were doing bullpen games. They'd use the leverage relievers early to get to extra innings, and then all they'd have left is like Edwin Uceta and Mitch White, and then like and it was it was brutal, and um, so that was part of it. So I think. Like, going forward, like, they're still in scramble mode, so you could definitely see games that happen like that. And that's that's just a you're, – you're in a bad spot there. Uh, that said, I think with the offense, like, like, Betts is out now. If he's back in some capacity, that, like, makes it a more complete offense. Uh, but it's a pretty good offense generally. Like, I'm not – I'm not terribly concerned about the offense. I know it – Part of it is like they do, they 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 do have big games and they do struggle, but also that's kind of how offense works. <laughs> like I was looking at this, like the way they they've been like scoring runs, um, their their low scoring run games like one, two, or three is like roughly league average. Maybe maybe it should be a little worse, like lower than league average because they shouldn't be scoring that few runs as often. But, like, it's not so terribly bad. They score a lot of runs a lot of times, like more than any other team, like nine-plus runs. They they dominate in those games. But, like, every every at every step, they're, they're either, like, right at league average or above. But then, like, I, uh, as of a couple weeks ago, it was, like, they've only, I think, had seven or eight 
games of exactly four runs, and like that's just weird. Like I think the, so. There's there's been like no in between. They've essentially, if you look at like the distribution of games, they've traded the four run games exactly four runs for like nine run games because they had so many of those. Um, so I don't know if it's something to necessarily worry about. Um, but yeah, like I think as long as everybody re- reasonably is is healthy, I think they're going to be okay. So I, I'm not that terribly worried about it. Yeah, um, I I couldn't really come up with a oh because Dodgers are bad in this aspect. As you mentioned, if it's a close game, it's more likely to have not been a boom game, and you know. But again, like how do you explain that the offense just decides? You can kind of explain boomer bust sometimes in the like. They the Dodgers are more like 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 you against good pitching more likely to get extra shut down than they you know it's not like oh good pitching we're gonna go from five runs to three runs we're gonna go from ten or whatever to to zero um, but that doesn't you know that you know, tends to be out the window come uh, the extra inning games I, I seem to recall kind of in more in the middle of the season that. Uh, sort of aggressive bullpen and bench usage sometimes would leave them in a bad position in those. But um, actually, you know what? One thing we could point to is a lot of those games were in that offensive era where the maybe the starting lineup was fine, but the bench was horrific. And that yeah. in a close game where you just need to get them run over, that can really hurt you. So let's say right. that. That's the reason. I figured it out. Next question. They, yeah, they, if, as long as they, you cut out the zeros, right, like from the lineup, you're, you're generally fine uh just before we go to the last question um the dodgers have officially claimed evan phillips so it's three inning save city like all right i will i will go on the record right now and say i if should he uh factor into the the team and we need to talk about him i will probably call him ethan phillips noted star trek voyager actor of neelix so just be prepared for having to correct me on that obviously after finishing a three-game sweep of the Cardinals on Sunday, June 13th, the Cubs were tied with the Brewers with a 38-27 and record. Since then, the Cubs are an MLB worst, uh, 14-41, and it's palindromic, huh. and are now 20 and a half games behind the Brewers. This is all the Giants need to do. They traded all their potential free agents of note, though I don't think they got the return that the Dodgers gave the Nationals for basically one-plus season of Trey Turner plus Max Scherzer. My question to you both. While we have seen teams rise out of the ashes, this year's Giants team for one, how long do you think it will take them to become postseason contenders, and what is the 2010 Chicago Cubs legacy? Uh, before I answer, I just want to say, if you do say Ethan Phillips, you're hoisted by your own Picard, uh, and I held that in for like a minute, and it was painful. Um, Ron Star Trek show, though. Although, I think yeah, Ethan yeah. Phillips was in one of the Star Trek movies, uh, the t- one of the TNG movies where he played like a gangster or something. I'll look that up while you talk to me about the Cubs. So I think uh, they got Nick Madrigal in the Kimbrel deal. That was pretty good. So I think they they did okay in terms of the return on those guys. Um, Legacy is a weird thing because they're the last five years have been very clearly disappointing. Um, they were supposed to be a dynasty, and I know that's an impossible tag to put on someone, but they were as set up, well set up as anyone after winning in 2016 with a mostly young team and a young core, and they did not capitalize it uh, on it. Um, the ownership group uh, essentially became a real estate company uh, and were more interested in creating revenue streams outside of the team and then did not spend as much on baseball as they could have and perhaps should have to try to um, continue to win. Um, So that's an issue. Um, That said, I mean, they won the World Series in 2016. That's what people remember, right? Like, they went 108 years without winning a World Series. That team won a World Series, so that's how they're going to be remembered. So I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, So... Huh, trying to see here. Um, I have a hard time like saying that they were a failure because of that. Obviously, they won. 
you're gonna look, you're gonna see a lot of these teams like um, try to do complete teardowns like the Astros did, like the Cubs did, and then they won. And but you look at the Orioles who are gonna about to lose their have their third hundred loss season in four years. The only other one was a sixty game season, um, and they're not gonna be good for a while. Um, you have too many teams trying to do the full teardown and not competing, thinking that that's the way to win. So maybe maybe that's the Cubs' legacy, and that they they helped ruin baseball in a way. <laughs> like, um, so as a yeah, but as it, a fan it, of the yeah. uh, of the Peyton Manning era Colts, uh, probably fairly similar, I imagine uh, that in that sort of like there will always be like, oh, they should have done more, but when it comes yeah. down to it for a fan they base, won. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. won and that's that's what matters i do think it's a like making that metaphor a little bit it it's a, a little bit of a shame that like i think there was a lot of thought that maybe rizzo would they would like they pick one guy to kind of be the um got to kind of bring along the next team and be the veteran presence on that you could argue you have that in david ross uh old friend uh yeah but for the most part, it's kind of a bummer that, you know, they didn't have their Alex Gordon type to make a, a baseball analogy. Reggie Wayne, to yeah. go back to my, my Colts uh, analogy. So that's a bit of a bummer. But, you know, there is a possibility that they sign one of them. Rizzo, again, being the one that name that comes up a good deal um, after their, their rental stint. So we'll, we'll see. Yep, I agree. Um, Ethan Phillips was the holodeck matri- uh matri d and first contact i actually thought it was one of the later movies uh, but mm. to give you full credit his first appearance in star trek was in a tng episode oh menage a troy uh 1990 season three. Oh, that's a that's i'm doing a, a rewatch of star trek with um melissa and Ugh. my dad once a week uh, and we're we're not wow. far off from that episode i think we're a month or two away uh so we'll uh i'll get a c uh, Ethan, not Evan Phillips, uh, on just a little bit. Nice. I'm not a trail mix person, but I do enjoy a lot of the. El- <laughs> I like how this doesn't sound like the fifth question. Things it feels like I'm going to an ad. Um, <laughs> but I do enjoy a lot of the elements of trail mix, and that's why, uh, in particular, Nature box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer John's Nature Box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dried fruit and hot dogs promo code true will <laughs> <laughs> it won't work sorry please don't try it uh while raisins are the most common dried cranberries and dried cherries are also delicious by themselves or in salads and baked goods my final question this week do you like dried fruit and if so do you prefer them by themselves or in baked goods like oatmeal raisin cookies a bonus question while not in dry dried fruit um what is your stance <laughs> on fig newtons um here's the thing I look forward to this question to get me hungry every single week, and this question's failed. Yeah, I'll say that. So, first on Fig Newtons. Uh, They're fine. Yeah. All I remember, I, I used to eat them as a kid in, in in the fact that I would get them at the store, or I'd beg my mom to get them at the store, and then I would eat them by the sleeve, <laughs> you know, where you just eat the full sleeve. But uh, I wasn't that the one with the commercial where... Um, uh, God, what was the? It was um, you can't eat uh cake in bed, and it, mother, it's not or, what, no, you can't eat cookies in bed, and mother, it's cake, not cookies. Carry on then, carry on or something like that. That I have, I'm gonna look that up because that is bugging me. Um, but uh, <laughs> so dried fruit, trail mix, trail mix that is almost the exclusive. Um, purchase for me on a long road trip <laughs> from a convenience store. Uh, that's kind of my how I consume that. Um, oatmeal raisin cookies are wonderful, um, generally. Um, but I think my most common, like dried fruit, is like a bag of you know apricots or something or or something like that um it's not it's not something that happens a lot but it's one of those like if it strikes your my fancy um that that's kind of how i sort of get that i went through a phase in college where 
I watched a lot of infomercials because that was how you got stuff back then. And uh, I ordered the Ronco uh, food dehydrator, and that, that was fun, trying to make homemade beef jerky for a while. But I found the easiest and easiest thing to make was uh, dried fruit, and that worked out okay a few times. But it, was, it always seemed like too much work um, for the output and... But yeah, that's that's kind of it. it's. This doesn't. This is not doing a lot for me. I, I'm not going to go out and buy lunch like I did uh, with carne asada nachos last week after the episode. So, dang it. Um. Yeah. Uh. I, they're they're fine, but never my go-to. I do. Uh. We made hot cross buns for Good Friday. I think we it may have ended up making one Easter a little late for the tradition, but there were. Uh, Raises and stuff like that in it, and they were good, but they're just, they're not my favorite. I need this, to, I don't know what this, I need this to be about. It's probably a sign that I'm just really hungry right now. Um, okay, so this is going to be, this is a sad moment possibly in the podcast history. I had to look up what hot cross buns are. I mm. don't know, I don't know what they are, but I've, I've seen them and it's like, okay. They're good. So it's like a, a, a cinnamon roll with fruit. Um, basically they're not uh, as mean, sickly not, not sweet quite. as as a yeah, cinnamon yeah, yeah. roll and uh yeah, it's an enriched dough bread yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense okay uh i've heard the term before but i never had like no well, hey, you've played it on the recorder so that's right yeah exactly hot it's to this tune of cat scratch fever <laughs> uh good times well i we are not going to go out and just binge on fig newtons or oatmeal raisin cookies but uh you know go go eat some dried fruit uh watch some baseball the dodgers have games every day this week we'll be back next week uh hopefully with more to talk about uh and we will talk to you then